fun morning so far, just worshiping and celebrating together, praying for the world, also taking some time for that, and particularly Turkey, and uh, getting some, some news. Um, really good. A couple, of, a couple of months ago, back in, in February, we had a vision and budget night, and uh, in that evening, we shared some tangible, um, I guess, goals or part of our vision that we felt uh, we needed to be praying into and reaching for. And often, I'm the kind of person that shies away from like five-year projections. That's kind of not me and not how I'm wired and uh, like to be open for how, how the Lord leads. But when our leadership team sat down um, at the end of 2015 or early 2016, we were talking about and just reflecting on some, some, some things that about 30 of us, 15 months earlier, back at the end of 2014, got together and shared and prayed through and we and we you know we were just thinking of, thinking through that and thought well what would it look like to actually um, you know put on paper or believe that that God could do more than than we see or do more through us you know he can always do more but do more through us that we see him doing at the moment and when we shared that that evening or I got a chance to share that a lot of people said oh that sound, that's really exciting and that evening there was maybe twenty or twenty five people there. Um, and so some of them were like, oh, I wish everyone would hear this. And uh, a few came up later and said, I think you should share this with, um, you should share this with everyone and share this with the larger community and our, our, our West Side communities just to get a sense of, of, of what that feels like, what that might be like if we can actually reach for some of these things or pray into some of these things. So in light of that, today's a different kind of message. So if you've come before and, uh, you know, we've walked through scripture or walked through a theme, it's a little bit of a different message today. And we're not going to get, you know, deeply into a piece of the Bible like we often do as well. Uh, We're also taking a break from our comeback series and we'll we'll finish that up next week. Uh, We'll finish our comeback series next week. I know uh, several people have been uh, following and tracking through that. And you can just um, go back online if you haven't heard that or want to track back with some messages. All that's on our podcast and you can listen to that on our website or through iTunes. So today, it's a little bit of a different kind of a message. And uh, just to give you context, our mission at Westside is to connect people to a growing relationship to Christ and each other. That's our mission. Just up there, connecting people to a growing relationship with Christ and each other. That's what we feel called to do. That's what we feel God calling us to do. We believe it reflects the commission of Jesus to his disciples to make disciples. And that's how we have articulated it. And over the last couple of years as well, we've just kept highlighting our, our main values, transformation, community, and mission. And maybe you've seen some of these, these icons in our gathering. They're actually not here today because they're out for repair because the banners broke. <laughs> but uh, they're here on the screen. And, uh, and it really reflects what we call an up and out community, a community that grows upwards in a relationship with God and, and experiencing transformation. And you see that sense of growth that slowly happens when the seed pops into the ground, but also an inward community where we grow together. And you see, you know, several plants there kind of in, in community together. We're more than plants. Uh, we're people. But uh, this sense of community and then also on mission. And what happens as that grows, as the kingdom of God grows among us and um, we get a chance to be a witness to people around us of God's kingdom. So what I'm going to say today fits into this framework and, and as well, I want to just remind you what I'm going to say today. This is not everything that we do as a community, uh, but just a couple of pieces we feel God stretching us towards. So if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to start right there in Scripture, Ephesians chapter 3, and jump back to a prayer that we often do as a church community 
that is a little bit of our North Star here at Westside. And uh, right from the early days of Westside, this prayer uh, began to shape us and convict us and, and lead us and, and challenge us in many ways and also encourage us. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, this is a prayer that Paul uh, writes to the Ephesian church um, and you can see themes of it throughout the New Testament, but he brings it together here in this prayer. I love it. It's, uh, so let's start from verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And we can say the last word. Anybody want to say it? Amen. Awesome. Let's pray. Father, we pause for a moment here and invite you to speak into our hearts as we even just said amen. We want to um, affirm this prayer and invite you to, um, to stretch us and lead us and in, in a fresh way, God, speak to us. Um, so we ask you this in Christ's name. Amen. I love, I love this verse, this verse for me, or this, this prayer, uh, I, can't, I can't come back to it enough. It always encourages me in some ways, it challenges me in other ways, it refreshes me at times, it teaches me, it stretches me um, to, to consider who God is and what he's doing in me, in my family, in the people around me, and in our church. And I love verse 19 that says, to him who is able to do immeasurably more, to him who is able to do immeasurably more. When I, the first time I, I seriously got convicted about this verse was at a drive-through at a Tim Hortons. So I'm, I'm, I was living in La Salle at the time, and I uh, often crossed through Ville Saint Pierre, and they just built, recently built this Tim Hortons at the corner there, and somebody's like shaking their head, they know where it is. And so I remember going through the drive-through, and I remember at the time just uh, kind of coming up, and the lady uh, behind the voice, behind the speaker, said, "Can I help you?" I think she said it in French, and I said, "Oui, je peux prendre un café, du lait." She's like. Yeah, I'd say I'm not very well and good in French, so you can kind of hear my accent. But she's like, um, c'est tout? That's it? I'm like, yeah, that's it. You sure? I said, yeah, that's all I want. Like no donut, muffin. You know, they always ask you for more, right? And I just thought, no, I just want a medium coffee, two milks, and I'm good. I'm good. She's like, okay, that's it, right? I said, that's it. And I remember hearing those words, that's it? And, and something kind of jumped out at me, almost thinking like, we're asked that often, but it just, you know, we make decisions all the time. And I thought, what if God asks us that question? Right? We, we come before God, we, we see what he's doing in and through us and, and around us, and, and God's inviting us to stuff. And then I, I kind of picture, hear God's voice saying, is that, is that all you want? Is that all you're praying for? Is that all you're thinking that I can do? And hearing God say those words, but not really hearing them. Because there's a common prayer that many people have, like, Lord, save me, Lord, fix me, Lord, change me, Lord, give me, right? 
Those are often common prayers that people utter to God. And even Christ followers fall into this framework of, God, if you could just do this in me, and often forget everything outside that box, or everything outside of what God really has in store. And, and this question comes back, almost like God is saying, is that it? Is that all that, all that you're thinking of? Like, is it only about you? Is it only about your particular need in the moment? Is it only about what's going on in your house or your home or your job? Are, are you concerned with anything else beyond yourself? Think about that. Are you concerned with anything else beyond yourself? And I think the end of Paul's prayer fills us with this imagination and fills us with the possibility and opportunity that there's more that we can imagine that is, is possible with God as he works in us and shapes us. Possible when God is our Father and when Jesus is our Lord. There's more that he wants to do in and through us. As, as we read through the prayer, two of the big themes in the prayer is love and power. You know, Paul prays that they would experience a love that surpasses knowledge, right? How wide and long and deep and high is the love of God. And that love is the fullness of God. When someone actually can experience that love, and, and Paul says it's a love that surpasses knowledge. It's, it's, it's more than you can fathom. But the other theme in the prayer is power. Every, every piece of that prayer is filtered or kind of preempted with God's power, Right? Paul says, I pray that, that through God's power, through his spirit, he would, he would strengthen your inner being so that Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith. And he says, and I pray that, that through that power, you would experience his love. And then later he says, right, through that power, God can do immeasurably more than you ask or imagine. That theme comes out over and over again. Every piece of this prayer is this sense of, of the immense love of God that it surpasses our knowledge and the incredible power at work when his spirit is given reign. And the path to that is Jesus, right? The prayer is that through God's power, Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith. That's the path. That's why our mission is connecting people to Jesus, not connecting people to an idea or to a formula or to steps. Our, our, our mission is connecting people to Jesus because our prayer is that Christ would dwell in people's hearts through faith. And as they do that, as we do that, we experience God's love and God's power and the incredible life he longs for us. So as, we're, as you kind of think about that prayer, I, wanna, I want us to just think, like, what would, well, imagine what the next five years could look like. What are some of the things that we're already involved in, but maybe God wants to stretch us in? And, um, and it's not everything that we're doing, but I'm just going to choose a few things. And if you're here for the first time or you're just discovering who Jesus is, I'm not going to apologize, but I'm going to say, you know, it's a little bit of a different morning. Um, just to kind of, you know, you're going to peek into our window a little bit and, uh, and, and hopefully feel our heartbeat and uh, get a sense of, of what God is shaping in us. And for some, you're like, oh, I'm not there yet. And that's okay. You can listen to this and say, I'm not there yet. But I want you to know that the heart of what we're talking about here this morning is really a relationship with Jesus, and we want to help um, you walk closer to that. So here, here's some things that we're thinking about, and here's the, the first word, and for some people it's a scary word, okay? I'm going to put it on the screen, and some people, for some people it's scary. It's the word conversion. Some people hate the word conversion. What are, you, are you here to convert people, or do you convert people from this to another? I, I personally 
uh, I, I kind of get bummed out at when good words become bad words, you know? Like money become, you can't talk about money because you had a bad rap with money, you know? Or you can't talk about a relationship because you had a bad relationship. Or you can't talk about conversion because people kind of use that word and turn it into something that's not really nice. But conversion is really the essence of someone who turns to Jesus Christ and calls them Lord and Savior. A he or she who who discovers who Jesus is and says, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. And so I want to turn to you. I, I want to orient my life towards your purpose and your teaching and the kind of life that you are, are leading me towards. Conversion has this sense of, yes, allegiance to Jesus as Lord, but also alignment to who he is and, and what he's about. And it's, it's when a heart and a life gets oriented towards Jesus as Lord. And so Paul prays in this prayer, I pray that God would strengthen you with power in your inner being through God's spirit for this very purpose, so that Christ will dwell in your hearts through faith. So that Christ will dwell in your hearts through faith. That's, that's the, the heart of that. Our mission is connecting people to a growing relationship with Jesus. And our hope is that people would come to faith in Christ because when they come to faith in Christ, they become alive to God and they become alive to this life that they didn't know of before. And then Christ dwells in their hearts through faith. What's the clearest sign of that? Some of my people say like, uh, evidence of the life lived, and that's true. When Jesus dwells in our hearts and leads us, our lives begin to be shaped according to his life, and so our life changes. Um, there's, so many, there's different things that we can see. I think one of the things, one of the clearest signs of that, we witnessed it last week, is baptism. When someone uh, makes a decision to follow Jesus and they step out and, and get baptized. We talked about this lawyer in, in the Middle East or in Turkey, in Central Asia. We just chatted about it, this person who came to faith in an area where he would probably uh, maybe be mimicked for that, but he discovered Jesus, the beauty of Jesus, by the power of God's spirit, his inner being was strengthened. Christ began to dwell in his heart through faith. He responds in baptism. The New Testament says, when, when Peter preaches a sermon of like, all that Jesus is, the people around say, what do we do? And, and Peter says, repent and be baptized, because baptism is this step into that. It reflects the conversion that happens in our heart and our lives. Now, when I say this, imagine this. Imagine that in the next five years, we would baptize 100 people. Imagine. Now, some of you think, why don't you say 1,000? Because we, we, we haven't baptized more than three or four people a year. So three or four people a year is really only about 25 people. What if, imagine with me, if we would say in the next five years, we would love to see 100 people baptized. Now, when I say that, I'm both excited and scared. I'm excited because I think that would be awesome. I'm scared because I think, wow, what would that mean? How would that, how, what would we do? How would we help all these hundred people grow in faith? I'm excited because it's such an amazing thing to see. I'm scared and, and or even, um, you know, I want to filter that because we never want to do anything to make someone get baptized. That's not our goal. We never force somebody into that. That's probably when you hear the bad version of conversion. The good version of conversion is when Jesus is working in someone's heart and they respond. And so we want to be there for that. Here's the thing. Our success as a church isn't merely seeing Christians shift from one place to another. That's not our, 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 our success. There's good reasons for it when it happens, but we want to see life change, right? Peter writes this in his letter. He says, 
when people come from darkness into light, they, they come from not knowing who God is and they become alive to who God is. There was a, there's a pastor in New York City. His name is John Tyson. And they've seen their church multiply into 11 locations across Manhattan. There are about 2,500 people in total now. So they, once a year they get together and they all worship together in one location. So here he is. He's chatting with all these, talking with all these 2,500 people. And he, and he said, I have to admit something to you. So he, he says, we've, we've kind of done a survey and really worked hard in each of our locations. And we asked this one question. In the last year, how many people that are part of your church that have come to your, your like the different 11 locations, how many have come to faith in Christ? How many have walked and started to follow Jesus? And in 2,500 people, he realized... Only 49 people in 11 locations, 2,500 people actually were not following Jesus and then starting to search, and maybe some started to follow Jesus. And he, I, I was amazed that he said this, because he just openly, transparently said, we are 2,500 people trying to reach this city and see people come to faith, and if you do the math, if we're 250 people, that would be five people, Right? And uh, if we're less than that, then it's less than five people. And that would mean that, and he was honest, he said, that means that we're just getting New Yorkers that are Christians into our locations. He was just honest. He said, that's, that's what we're doing. And, um, and I heard that and I thought, There's, I, I love the honesty and humility in that. And, I, real, and, and I'm, I don't know where we're at. We haven't done the numbers. Maybe we will and then be shocked by it too, but... Here's the thing. Wouldn't it be amazing to see people come to faith from darkness to light, from a life without God to a life with God? Just this week, um, I was chatting with someone, one of our community group leaders. And, and here's why I believe that God can just do anything. On Wednesday night, we, walk, we were huddled with our group leaders and we walked through the Lord's Prayer in a fresh way and ways that it can be incorporated into your discipleship and life. And so... This person was there, and they were walking through that with us. The next day, this person actually came to see me because they were dealing with someone that they've been counseling and talking with, and someone who has extreme, um, complicated issues in her life, marriage, family, and everything. Not, not necessarily a believer to, to that full extent. And so, Wednesday night, we talk about the Lord's Prayer. Thursday morning, we talk about some things, and I gave her some thoughts that I, I thought could be helpful. Friday morning, she meets with this person. Friday late morning, she leaves me a message. Dave, you have to call me. You have, I have to tell you what happened in, in my meeting this morning. So I call her later on, and I, and I say, what happened? How did everything go? She says, well, first of all, we were dealing with things, of, um, things from her past that she needed to forgive. And often, some of it was sexual abuse. And... Um, she said, I just felt, as we were, I asked her if we could just slowly pray through the Lord's Prayer. And like we had said, if the Lord like, leads you to stop in one of the sections, stop. So she paused right at the, she felt God telling her, pause where it says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. She felt God say, stop there. And then asked this lady, would you, do you need to forgive anybody? Do you, like, there's just this blockage in your life. And this lady just, started to share and, say, and list all these things. And then some of the things that we talked about on Thursday helped actually this person 
uh, one of our group leaders speak into this person's life. She quickly texted a friend of hers from church and said, could you pray for us? And this person didn't respond for 30 minutes. And it was right at the 30 to 40 minute mark and things just broke in their meeting. And this lady left, like she, she told this person, she says, I'm leaving light today. I'm leaving like, I'm, I'm, I'm like I've left this burden right here in your home. And, and I was just thinking, we can't plan that. Only God could have orchestrated that. On Wednesday night, we talk about the Lord's Prayer. On Thursday morning, there's some input, you know, conversation happening. On Friday morning, another meeting takes place, and God specifically has them pause in these moments. And then this person leaves impacted by Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We can't plan that, but God wants to do that. God wants to work in people's lives that way. And so we want to believe. And so why do we put a number on this? Why do we say 100? Because... We want to think beyond ourselves. We don't want to just think about us. We don't want to just think about the things that are pertaining to our lives. We want God to stretch us. And when we, when we put a number, and I'm, again, I'm not a numbers person, but when we put a number, we say, God, only you can do this. Only you can stretch us. And then we start praying and, and equipping and sharing our faith and serving. And we, we actually engage it because we say, God, we can't do this without you. And we move forward in it. So that's one area that we feel, this area of spiritual transformation for someone who, who was far from God and is walking to God. We want to see that happen in the next, in the next five years. Another, here's another piece, and we're going to share more about the how later as we hit the summer, but here's another piece. And one is our community groups. We have this desire in our community groups to saturate the city. We'd love to see um, community groups in every neighborhood across the city, but we often don't stretch ourselves with a goal, and, and we want our groups to reflect up in and out, transformation, community, and mission, people growing in their relationship with God, growing in community with each other, and, and also living outwardly for the world, for their friends at high school and in their workplaces, in their neighborhoods. In 2014, we we had four groups, and in 2015, by God's grace, we have six groups. That's two. So we thought, well, what, what, what is, how is, where's God leading us to stretch? So we, so we threw out some numbers, and I thought, no, we need to think like at least 30 groups. And I know, we only started two last year. I mean, two a year is only like 10, right? But so we thought, imagine that God would lead us to see 30 groups, 30 neighborhoods, 30 pockets throughout the city and neighborhoods and networks of people living this upward life, this inward life, this outward life, and being sensitive to God's spirit to be on mission with him. Pockets of this church, but the church, in 30 different neighborhoods and networks. People, so this group of people who are loving God, who are loving each other and caring for each other, who are loving their neighbors, and who are listening to God's spirit, to how to serve their neighbors, to how to serve their friends, to how to reach out to others, whether it's a local school, a business community, families in the area, youth, uh, a specific need, whatever it might be, that these groups are are listening to God's spirit to how to live this upwards life, inwards life, and outwards life to reach their neighbors and friends. Paul prays in this prayer that you, being rooted and established in love, I love that phrase, in a sense the people he's praying for are already rooted and established in the love of God, but not just the love of God, the love of community. When someone comes to faith, they come to faith in Christ, but they come into the community of Christ. And when the church started to grow, they, start, they met together and they grew together. And here's Paul speaking to his Christ followers, already rooted in a loving community. But I believe when he prays for more, he's saying, think beyond yourselves. You're rooted and established in love. What about others who aren't? 
Think beyond that, beyond yourselves. Our heart at Westside is to plant Jesus, to plant communities, and to plant churches. We don't want to go, we don't want to do the reverse. At times, people want to plant churches and fill it up with people. We're like, well, what if we plant Jesus and see people come to Christ and see communities come around those people? And it doesn't matter. Maybe you're here today and you're in high school. You can plant Jesus in your high school. Maybe you're in your neighborhood. You can plant Jesus in your neighborhood, in your workplace. But imagine people are coming to faith. Imagine pockets of of Christ followers are growing around that. And then there's this need to say, oh, we need another neighborhood church. We need to to see another church planted in another area of our city. And that leads me to this next little piece, this idea of of what, what would it look like to plant another neighborhood church? What if in the next five years we said we will plant a neighborhood church. Imagine just planting one more church in the next five years. We haven't planted an extra one in 12 since we started. What if we saw, through God's grace, plant one? And so I want you to think about that. Many of us have been talking about and praying about something further west of the West Island in Vaudreuil and beyond, and we've recently launched a community group there, and we have another one in Hudson, and we're, but we really want to let God lead us. Anything we talk about today, we want to let God lead us. God could change our course, right? But we're believing that God can do this. Practically, we want to see groups grow in the area. We want to see, we need a a team, a leader. But for the most part, just think about this vision. Imagine in the next five years, we would actually see that happen. I think that'd be cool. Here's this next piece. We already prayed about it this morning. Beyond local, beyond ourselves, this global piece Last year, God led us to start um, uh, partnering with MB Mission in Turkey. And that was like, why would God lead us there? It seemed like there was other areas that could have been kind of more, a little bit easier, uh, easier to get your head around. But God led us to date this mission project in Turkey. Just kind of date it for a while. And we did. We, 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 we read about it. We heard about it. We learned about it. We gave some funds to it. Last year, we sent $6,000 to this project. And a few people actually started giving above their tithe uh, in PAD towards this. Electra, who's part of our church community, gets updates now. And we pray like we did this morning. Every four to six weeks, we want to pray for this country and pray for these people. But ima- here's, imagine this. Our small little church in Montreal, imagine that God would use us to bear spiritual fruit in Turkey. Imagine that would happen. That, we can't make that happen, but God can work that through us. Imagine that the people of Turkey experience God's love, the depth and width and height and and length of God's love, because we just say, Lord, use us however you want to use us. Do you want to stretch us financially? Do you want a few of us to go there? Do you want us to be praying uh, daily for this country? So in the next few weeks, we're going to come back to this series we started last year called Enlarge, and we're saying, can can we raise another $6,000 at least for this country? Can we see a few people maybe go to Turkey in November and spend some time on the ground in Turkey? Um, We want to discern next steps. But imagine that in the next five years, we could look back and say, oh my goodness, God used us to bear spiritual fruit in a country that most of us never stepped foot in. Well, imagine that would happen. Here's this, one of these last, second last pieces. It's this rooted location. And, and, and this is a scary one because we've, we're in this space and it serves us well and uh, we rent the location on sources and we just keep asking. And this is a little bit like, um, uh, this is not fully put together yet, but like 
Is there another way for us to consider what location looks like for us to be rooted? I love the the phrase, right? Rooted and established in love. We've talked about this. We want to be rooted in the city. We want to be rooted, at least for now, right now in the West Island and however God wants to lead us beyond that. But how might God lead us in the next few years to build community, to serve the West Island and the city in a greater way, to become a hub for, for equipping, to fuel a multiplying movement beyond the West Island with the location, with, with a sense that, oh, we can actually, we want to we put a stake in the ground and say, Lord, how do you want to use us here? Maybe in a, in a greater way with the location that we have or that we will have. Ideally, when we think about this, and we don't have time to go into this, we think about a partnership model where, where if we had a location where part of the location funded the rest of the location, it would keep our budget moving forward so our budget can actually serve people and not just serve a building. I'm going to just ask you this morning, could you just pray for that? Could you pray that, that we would not, uh, you know, get into, uh, I guess, a, a place where we, we, you know, in a sense, dream in ways that maybe is outside of God's plans for us, but say, Lord, how, where do you want to lead us with this? Imagine God would actually provide some sort of space as we keep growing, as we keep a quickie, equipping that, that remains part of the budget that he provides for us every year. I think that could be possible. And that's what we're praying for. There's other opportunities. There's leasing and, and other renting options. But we're just saying, could you pray for us in this way? Let's pray together on that. Uh, and let's move forward on that. And here's this last piece, and then I'm going to end with this. And it stretches us beyond ourselves. And it's not like a, a, it's not, you know, space or a person. It's radical stewardship and generosity. We, we just showed our budget today. Imagine within five years, and there's no number on this. There's really no number we should ever put on this. But imagine with five years, everyone who calls Westside home actually tithes, releases a full tithe to resource mission. So there's really no number because we don't know who will call Westside home in the next five years. But just imagine this, that every person who says Westside is my local church would release their tithe, their full tithe, a a proportionate percentage of their income to God's mission. Imagine that would happen. We would, I mean, if it happened like this year, 229 would not be the number. It just wouldn't. We just know it wouldn't be the number. But imagine God would do that. And, and let me just put this, this little phrase here on the screen. We thought of it this way. What if we went from giver to tither to investor? A giver is someone who gives periodically. So maybe you heard about Turkey today and you said, I'm going to give 20 bucks to Turkey. That's a, maybe a giver. Or there's a project going on and I'm going to give $100. Or you know what? I haven't given in a while, so I'm going I'm to resource, I'm going to give a check as a donation to the church. And so that's a giver, someone who gives periodically, right? That's kind of like giving 1.0, right? Then giving 2.0 is tithing. Someone who says, this is the income the Lord has blessed me with, and I will proportionately give resource God's mission with this percentage on a regular basis. That's a tither. Someone who says, I will give upwards of 10% of what the Lord gives me and I'm going to give back and resource God's mission. When someone moves from giver to tither, someone actually puts a stake in the ground and says, I'm going to do that. Many people who do PAD, they've looked at their income and they said, okay, what's the the percentage here? I'm going to do that. Um, 
My wife and I do that all the time. And I don't want to talk about that this morning, but that's the way we think. We're like, oh God, how have you blessed us? Or have, have, has something changed? Have we gotten a raise or something working more? And we just say, Lord, how does that work? And so give her to tither. Um, but then there's these people here on this other end. They're so amazing. It's not to put them on a pedestal, but they're investors. People who are investors don't just give periodically. They don't just tithe regularly. They give beyond. There are people who give beyond. You know that there's people that give to Westside, to our church, that live in other cities, and they tithe to their local church. And because they were part of us for a season, they've sent us a note and said, because we, we, we really still believe what God is doing there, we want to continue giving above our regular tithe to our church. We're going to give it to you. They're an investor. They, they don't have to. I mean, and I, I know those people, and they're giving to other things too. I have um, a family member who completely tithes to their local church, but then they've caught wind of two or three other churches and other organizations, and beyond their tithing, they're investing. They send checks regularly, monthly. They've become an investor. There's people at Westside who give regularly, and then they, they put extra towards our growth fund. I was amazed to hear, I don't know who, but some of the numbers of people who, have, who give regularly here, tithe regularly. And when we announced Turkey last year, they gave like a check of 500 or 800 or $1,000 above their tithe. That's an investor. You don't, that's the only way I can describe this person or these people. Imagine, imagine we moved from being givers to tithers to investors. Where we say, Lord, we're going to just let you lead our finances. We're going to let you guide us. I believe we can give beyond ourselves. I believe we can see people come to faith beyond ourselves, that we can see groups multiplied beyond ourselves, that we can see um, us partner globally. Um, We can see God use us in whatever space he has in store for us in the future beyond ourselves. And I believe we can see this happen beyond ourselves. Now, let me close with this way. I'm going to ask Matt to come up and and help us close here. But there's, there's there's a couple of things. These are goals. These aren't gods, remember? Just to keep that in place. It's a goal, it's not a God. A hundred baptisms, that's a goal, that's not a God. That's not like we have to reach, if we don't reach, if we reach 99, we failed. Right? That's what I mean when I say it's a goal, not a God. Um, If if we only start 27 groups, we failed. No, that's, that's, we don't live that way. But let me also say this. We can't accomplish this without God. We can't see 100 people come to faith in Christ without God, right? You, you agree? We can't see groups multiplied without God. And we also believe this. God can do way more than anything we ask or imagine. We prayed it this morning. So whether we put an, if we put a number on it, God can break that. God can go way beyond and do so much more than we can ask or imagine. Um, as we, we just move into this next section you know, Cindy's sitting over here, and, and how many years ago, Cindy, did you get asked a question about Jesus? Nine? Nine years ago, Cindy was at a, a work party for TD, and she still works for TD. So she was at a work party one Saturday evening, and someone at the work party who was a Christ follower turned to her, and they were having a conversation and asked her, do you know about Jesus? And Cindy was like shocked, um, kind of a weird moment. At you know TD work party, do you know about Jesus? And um, they had this maybe abrupt at the time, spontaneous but conversation about Christ. And Cindy started to search, and Cindy started to discover who Jesus was. 
And Cindy began to make uh, steps towards Jesus. And eventually Paul's prayer was fulfilled in her life. That Christ dwelled in her heart through faith. Right? That by the power of God's spirit, he strengthened her inner being. That Christ dwelled in her heart through faith. And eventually we saw Cindy get baptized. And life hasn't been perfect for Cindy. She would be the first one to tell you. But today she's living beyond herself. She's, she's um, serving. Last Christmas she brought like five or six co-workers from work to our Christmas gathering. Um, she's serving on our Kids Quest leadership team. She's, she has discovered a gift for kids' ministry she never ever thought she would have ever had. That's by the work of the Spirit in her. You might discover gifts in other ways, but that's where God's been using her. And she's been sharing her faith. She's been an answer to Paul's prayer. That Christ would dwell in her heart through faith. That she would know this love that surpasses knowledge. And that God would do immeasurably more than anyone would have asked or imagined for Cindy. It's beyond what we could have asked for. And so, this is my prayer for all of us. Who would love to see this happen? Who would love to see this happen? So if you would love to see this happen, then I'm going to just ask you, if that's you, if that's on your heart, I want you to stand. Just want you to stand. If you don't feel it, that's okay. But if you do, I'd love you to stand and say, yes, I'm interested. I want to see this happen. I want to see God do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Um, There's a a group of people that are going to come and just give us all a piece of paper. And it it just kind of walks through the five or six things I mentioned today. And it gives you an opportunity to say, either I want to pray partner or find out more information about this. Some of the stuff is, is not, it's nothing that's going to happen maybe in the next month, but I, we would just love to have you have an opportunity to respond and say, I want, I want more info about this. I, I'm going to be praying about this. Uh, I'd love to help make this part of this happen. Um, there's even a, a, a piece at the end of that for some of you who are new today, and I can sense that that could be overwhelming to you. One, you don't even have to, if you're brand new today, please don't feel like you've got to walk through that paper. But if God leads you to, please go ahead. But maybe some of you are just searching. And there's one line at the end of that that says, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to know about all these five or six things just yet. But I, I would love to know more, know more about Jesus. Faith in Jesus and what it means to follow Jesus. And if that's where you're at, we'd love to follow up with you today and help you discover. Because at the basis of this is people coming to faith in Christ and discovering who he is. Um, so if that's, where, if that's you, then please, please um, let us know so we can walk through that. But if you, if you walk through some of these things that we mentioned today and you just feel the tug of the Spirit to get involved in some way, pray for it, um, resource it, need more info about it, please let us know. Please respond today. Now, we're going to go out singing a song, but before we do... Could you all like um, put an alarm on your phone for me? It's it's for ten o two a.m. Can you do this? Some of you guys know where I'm going with this, and some of you are like, "What is this whole thing?" So if if you can if you can put this alarm on your phone, ten o two a.m. ten o two is is reference to Luke ten o two, where Jesus says he says, "Pray to the Lord of the harvest, because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few." And he says, "Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send out." laborers, workers into the harvest field. And so um, every morning at 10.02, my kids bug me again, dad, that alarm. And I'm like, and then I'm in a meeting and it comes up and I, and either I pray quietly or I stop and say, Hey, can we pray? And here it, it rang this morning. I was, I was driving up. I parked my car and it was 10.02 and, and it rang. I'm like, okay, let me just pause and pray for the harvest. 
And it's just a reminder. If it becomes religious, pause it for a while, then get back into it. But put it on your phone, put it somewhere to remind you on your computer that every day when 1002 rings, you'll just say this prayer, Lord, you're the Lord of the harvest. Send out laborers. Send out laborers. Send out workers. I believe God can do it. God could send people into your neighborhoods, including you, your workplace, including you. God could, could, could resource and unleash funds for his mission through us and through others. God can do it. So let's, um, let's, let's believe that. I'm going to have the team just kind of lead us in this song once and then we'll pray. Go for it, Matt. Amen. Really at the heart of this, you know, the question I ask myself is, do I believe in a great God? A friend of mine named Gord Fleming, he's the director of uh, the C2C Network, a church planting group we partner with and support. And I saw him this week and he said, last year there was 45 church plants in Canada. And this year they're connected to 100 church plants in Canada. And he said, we, we, just, we keep praying to the Lord of the harvest and he sends laborers. He said, when I first started raising money for church planting, he said, I was so scared to raise $100,000. He's like, how can I ever raise $100,000? Today they raise $2.5 million a year to plant churches in Canada. He says, it's the Lord of the harvest who, he's our supplier. He's our leader. He's our Lord. It's his mission. It's not our mission. It's his mission. We serve a God of mission. The church is part of God's mission. We don't own a mission. It's his mission. So as we pray today, as we discern, as you maybe take some time and reflect on how God is stretching you, leading you, guiding you, whether it's just today starting to discover who Jesus is or jumping into parts of his mission like we share today, or maybe other parts of our church that just is the foundation for all of this, um, I just I pray that you can have the courage to say yes because you're probably, you're an answer to that prayer. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We just, we just declare and admit right now that you are Lord. You're Jesus sitting on the throne. This is your mission, your purpose, your heartbeat. God, your word tells us you desire everyone, everyone to know you in a saving relationship through Christ. God, we don't want to put a lid on anybody's spiritual journey and we place some of the ways that you, you have led us to put these, these milestones before us or these goals before us God that we know God in our hearts you can, just, you can blow those goals out of the water but in our own minds in our own hearts God may you just lead us to become a church that um, will depend on you first and seek you and serve you, serve your mission. Lord, give us creative ways. Help us to be sensitive to your spirit with everyone around us, um, to know where their spiritual journey is. Like one of our group leaders experienced this week, God, you led them in that moment. You led them this week because the person on the other side of, on the other chair across from them matters to you. And God, everyone we lock eyes with matters to you. And you're doing something in people's lives. God, awaken us to those, to those journeys and how we can play a part in that. We want to see people come to know you. We want to see community form around people who follow Jesus so there will be pockets of your kingdom and your church all over this city. God, we long 
to see this grow and we bless other churches in our city and we bless, we pray for how you might lead us to start other churches. We bring before you the, our location, our space, our, our ministries, everything, God, that are tools in your hands for your kingdom work. And we just, we hand them over to you and say, Lord, do with us as you wish. Stretch us, lead us, guide us. God, I want to be the first one to say that in some ways this will stretch me in so many ways and I just, I invite you to lead me, prepare me, guide me, shape me. Draw me closer to you, Lord, in prayer, in your word, being sensitive to you, Lord, and the work of your spirit in me and in my home, in my family, on my street. Let us trust you, God, for all the resources um, and all the tools that are already under your sovereign uh, ownership anyways. Amen. Amen.